Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, May 4th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Big U.S. banks are trying to reduce their corporate deposits, and Apollo Management thinks it can do a better job with Yahoo than Verizon. Plus, the SPAC boom, we hardly knew ye. One moment you were seeing five or six deal announcements a day, and then I was talking to some of my sources at banks, and they were saying, hey, we can't get investing to save our lives, and there's all these deals that we might not be able to get done. We'll take a look at why things petered out so quickly. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The biggest U.S. banks are flooded with cash. And that would seem to be a good thing. Lots of cash should mean lots of lending. But our U.S. banking correspondent Imani Moise has learned that big banks like J.P. Morgan and Citibank are so flush with cash, they're asking corporate clients to move their money out of deposits. Here's Imani with some more details. So for banks, deposits are usually a good thing. It allows them to lend more, but there's really no loan demand. And we've seen them talk about this quarter after quarter where loan demand consistently comes in weaker than expected, and they kind of push out the timeline for when they expect it to bounce back. Um, So if banks don't really have anything profitable to do with all the deposits, it starts to create pressure on their regulatory ratios and potentially could force them to hold more capital. So actually holding cash from all these businesses becomes a cost center instead of a moneymaker for them. So then, Imani, where are banks asking their corporate clients to move their money to? For the most part, what I've heard, they're asking them to uh, move them or put new deposits into money market funds, which never hit bank balance sheets because that's managed through the asset management arms of a lot of these banks. Do you have any sense of how long banks could be asking their corporate clients to do this? It could be the trend for a while. So the last time we saw banks do this was 2015. The system was flush with cash um, and banks were starting to turn them away. And that was after the stimulus from the last financial crisis was starting to wind down. And I talked to some analysts who say it's really, really unclear just because the scale of the fiscal stimulus is so unprecedented. It could take up to seven years or even longer uh, for the Fed's balance sheet to begin to come down and for there to be less cash in the system. However, this could turn around if loan growth or loan demand snaps back faster and stronger than banks are currently expecting. Imani Moise is the FT's U.S. banking correspondent. Yahoo is changing hands again. The U.S. private equity group Apollo Management has agreed to buy the internet stalwart and other media assets from Verizon for about $5 billion. Now, if you recall, Verizon paid about $9 billion for Yahoo and AOL back in 2015, hoping to create an online media division. It did not work out too well. The FT's James Fontanella Khan has been talking to people involved in the Apollo deal. What they're saying is, we think... We can manage this better. We actually like buying assets that are somewhat kind of overlooked by people who people think are not doing that great. Yahoo has, believe it or not, a huge user base. And at the moment, it makes most of its money from kind of monetizing the ad banners that you see on the top of the website. And we're talking about kind of a huge base of of users of, of Yahoo Sports, for example. Probably a lot of people listening in here uh, we'll have a fantasy team. Yeah, yeah, I got a fantasy team on Yahoo. In fact, uh, I have a couple. 
There you go. And, and there's many, many like you. And the idea is they're not really making enough money out of you, uh, Mark. So the, the goal really is how can you potentially turn this big audience, this big user base into something more profitable? And guess what's coming up? Gaming and gambling and sports betting is, is the next big thing. And ideally it wants to do what DraftKings has done in the US by turning a, a website of fans and so forth into also uh, sports bettors. So James, what's Apollo's long-term goal now that it has Yahoo and these other assets? Let's put it this way. The opportunity is there. Um, I think nobody expects them to do very well. Uh, that's partly because Yahoo has not been exceedingly great. Having said that, it's you know got a lot of cash. It generates still a lot of cash, which kind of private equity companies like that a lot. And, and Apollo has, they are going to be very involved in the operations of it. Their objective is probably then to kind of list it or sell it to somebody else in the next couple of years. You, you could also see, you know, their, their exit it might be just to consolidate the gaming industry and then sell maybe parts of it to one side. They could spin it off in two businesses. If you look at this, at this kind of group and you try to transform it, there's obviously opportunities to, to grow it. Whether they will succeed or not, uh, it's an open question. James Fontanella Khan is the FT's US Corporate Finance and Deals Editor. And we're back to SPACs. The stunning popularity of these shell companies has dwindled. SPACs are special purpose acquisition companies. They raise money and then they hunt for other companies to buy and take public. Investors, including celebrities like Jennifer Lopez and sports stars like Shaquille O'Neal, have poured money into these blank check companies, as they're sometimes called. The investment created a pool of capital worth a remarkable $142 billion. The popping sound of the SPAC bubble is also remarkable. It kind of happened over overnight, really. That's our mergers and acquisitions correspondent, Hortensa Aliai. It was one moment you were seeing five or six deal announcements a day. And then I was talking to, you know, some of my sources at banks and they were saying, hey, we, we can't get investing from institutional investors to save our lives. And there's all these deals that we have on our books that we might not be able to get done. It was a sort of a dramatic turn. So Hortensa, can you explain why there was such a sudden pullback from the SPAC craze? Yeah. So one reason is that the market basically just got too frothy. There was way too much issuance. I think we beat 2020's fundraising record in the first 10 weeks of 2021, which was sort of unheard of. And there's also been sort of increasingly onerous statements from regulators about how SPACs should be treated, about how the companies that they take public should be treated. And I think that's sort of poured cold water on the market and made investors pause. So regulators, uh, why are they concerned about SPACs? So they were essentially saying, is a SPAC really a D an M&A where you can show your projections or is it an IPO where you're, you're going to be held liable for the kind of projections that you make? So they're now coming in kind of full force, right? And they're saying, actually, all this deal making that has happened, all this SPAC issuance that you've done, maybe it hasn't been done correctly. And maybe you're going to be on the line for some of the claims that you've made. And so then it leaves the sponsors and the people behind the SPAC saying, well, OK, we have to reevaluate this. 
investors don't necessarily know a ton about what's going on in SPACs, right? There's a certain opaqueness that comes with this vehicle for fundraising that has people a little jittery right now. Yes, exactly. There's a little bit of mystery to SPACs, and I'm not sure investors enjoy mystery that much, but yeah. <laughs> um, when you put money into a SPAC, you don't know what company they're going to acquire, right? And and they kind of give you an industry, but they also have this disclaimer that we might not end up buying in that industry. And so you're really putting your face on the person backing the SPAC. Um, and that's what it's really all about. You're saying, I believe that this person or this team can go out and can get a really good company that's going to make me wealthy and it's going to make them wealthy. Um, so is there a way that this could bounce back? Could SPACs make a comeback or are they kind of laying low for a while? I think it will be difficult for the time being to make a comeback because there's there's all this sort of regulatory oversight going on right now. And the SPACs that have done deals so far, they'll be looking at their deals to see, you know, if they're foul of any rules, if anything has been misrepresented. One of the major issues we saw coming out of that market was that I could take a company public through a SPAC and I could give all kinds of projections. Now, the SEC has this view that, well, they have to be within reason, they have to be explainable. But, you know, you had companies that don't have a product, that don't have revenue, that are projecting that they're going to make $10 billion in revenue in the next two, three years, which seems sort of unfathomable. You know, we don't, we don't see companies like Apple or Microsoft, you know, making those projections when they were going public. And so that sort of pulled the market back a little bit. And look, they might come back in a different form where incentives are a little bit more in agreement with with investors as well as sponsors. But I think for the time being, if they continue in their current shape and form, it's going to be difficult. Hortensa Aliai covers mergers and acquisitions for the FT. Thanks, Hortensa. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Before we go, I want to make sure you know about one of the FT's biggest live events of the year that starts today. It's the FT's Global Boardroom Conference. Top FT editors will host conversations with global business and policy leaders, including U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. The event runs to Thursday, and you can sign up for free. Just go to FT.com slash Global Boardroom. That's FT.com slash Global Boardroom. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.